0: Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle. show work with Scott Barlake, Coima Coima Barlake. Well, we're seeing a lot of green on the board here this morning, at least early in this session, with the exception of soybeans, but they're trying to come at least to steady status. And Scott, let's talk about cattle first. Thanks for being with us. Um, cattle market, and we're right up into resistance in these live cattle futures in those nearby contracts. And do you think we're going to be able to get over that hurdle?
1: you know, thanks for having me, first of all, but they trade really well. I mean, that's yeah. that's how a bull bull market kind of trades. They, they've done it a couple of days now where they open lower, trade a little bit lower on the day and then just fight their way back. And suddenly we're, we're looking at triple digits higher on the feeders and nice jump on the live cattle. So to me, it, it still feels like the strength is there that we're will we have enough strength to challenge some of these numbers and um and come back so uh, we're a little bit torn because this is the time of the year that you can say okay uh we can put in a high really anytime so i mean it's even us bulls are starting to put the brakes on just a little bit and saying, "Okay, some of these longs should maybe come off, or maybe we got to start looking at some hedges." So yeah. um, it's tough. I'm I'm really having a, a struggle here, you know, trying to maintain my long-term bullish story, but knowing the time of the year, the the opportunity that's in front of me, i I'm, I'm actually looking at doing some uh, <clears throat> hedging, I guess, uh, a little bit lightly here for now.
0: Well, and we should also talk about the fact that we've had some buying enthusiasm going into the cattle feeder report, but are we getting too bullish going into that even with that super bullish placement number, and we also should talk about the fact that the packers have been slowing kills here,
1: yeah, that's right. It's hard for me to say that there's you know there's no such thing as too bullish for cattle, you know as from okay, for true, a, true. a cattle feeder, but anyways yes you're 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 kind of right i i you're we're looking at this C- Catalan feed report, and we knew that the placement number was going to be tight. We had some of those frigid cold uh, spells there in January, so it just it pushed them back. There were the some of the sales were pushed back and canceled, and uh, nobody was looking to fill a bunch of bunch of feeders at that time. And then you couple that with tighter numbers year over year, anyway um, drastically going to have a big break in placements, you know, and I think even in the upper eighties for an estimate in there, uh, I still think that even might be on the high side. So we can maybe throw a little bit of bullish news at it, but We've all talked about that. We've been talking about that since we turned the page on the last report that this would happen. So so it's kind of penciled in. So when I'm looking at trying to buy this market now ahead of this report, we're already pretty overbought. It's hard for me to do so. You know, lining up with the seasonal. Uh, maybe this could be the, the best news that we have for the market. And, and we start to turn uh, south a little bit, you know, markets top and the news is the best. And this one's just feeling ripe, like we're looking for a slam dunk here and coming up on grilling season. So um, the the two bullish thing, yes, I'm, I'm feeling that way. And I think that's why I'm hitting the brakes just a little bit here, um, just because of the time of the year. And we're getting so excited mm-hmm. about that.
0: So let's talk about, again, these Packer kill cuts, thoughts maybe will be under 600,000 for the weekly slaughter here this week. Talk about what that means for the cash trade and what have you heard for cash news so far?
1: Yes, uh, I didn't (laughs) get around to that question. I kind of forgot you threw that in there too, but uh, yeah, yeah. kill cuts they've really been slowing i mean packers are, are managing these tight numbers you know they've been doing a great job at it it's not I, i'm i'm gonna say it's more just because of the tighter numbers that were slowing the chain speed because i don't want anybody to feed me that line of yeah we're in that slow demand time frame because this is when they start buying for some of that peak spring demand uh you know bullish, you know, kind of consumer demand that we have. So, so I really think that we're turning that page. We've got the weather warming up and that they're going to really want some cattle. So what I'm seeing, you know, we got a little 180 bids in the south here to start the day. So that that's good. Hey, uh, some of the sale barn prices 181 to 182. So that's kind of similar with last week already. And I feel like packers are out there every day looking to try to contract cattle farther out. They're they're trying to get their hands on any cattle they can without letting this market go, uh, get away from them. And that's how they've been able to keep a cap on it the whole time is because they have all of the formula cattle coming to them and they have uh, as many contracted cattle as they can try to get their hands on and that's how they keep it where it's at. So you've got April contracts being offered, um, some positive numbers, but you pay the freight over the April board, three over the April board, you pay the freight. You've got some seven over for the June board for all of the month of May. You've got even as far out as september saying i'll give you even basis uh, off the october board for september generally we're two under uh you've got positive uh you know the december board for november delivery so those are all you know, much better basis contracts than you would normally get. So uh, the packers are interested in trying to get their hands on as many as the cattle as they want and for whenever that they can, because I think that this is this long-term type story. We cannot rebuild this herd overnight. And I'm liking what I'm seeing on the cash. Um, if we could stand together and all try to ask higher prices, that'd be great. But but packer just still has too much leverage with the the market that we have set up with the the small number of negotiated cattle.
0: Gotcha. Okay, new highs for the move in the cattle, as we talked about, but we've also been hitting new highs for the move in the hogs, surprisingly enough, but pushed here by the cash, right?
1: Yeah, we've been, you know, supply bearish for so long, and, and it just feels like overnight that shift happened, and and it it's a head-scratcher on how fast that happened, that all of a sudden... The supplies cleaned up. We couldn't get packers to, to get hogs in fast enough, and trying to get scheduled uh, loads coming in was tough. Um, now we flipped, we've got higher isoin prices. Um, you know, coming in and we have Packers looking for Hawks. So the complete opposite story, we were looking at a, a month, two months ago. So happened pretty fast. We've put quite a premium on, uh, you know, some of those further out months. And, um, you know, we're leading by the cash right now, but it feels like these summers are just not quite ready to print a hundred yet. Uh, they're, they're, they're we're, they're already up in the upper 90s, which is a pretty good price, but I don't think they're ready to tackle the the triple digit number yet. And for me being overbought at this level, uh, it's going to have to take just a little extra news to punch it through. So I don't know if we're quite ready for that yet.
0: Gotcha. Uh, the grain board were a little bit higher in the corn market after making new contract lows again. Uh, we're following the wheat market. It looks like, which is on a pretty good tear this morning, but The corn market, a lot of the pressure that we've been seeing has been farmers selling here ahead of option expiration, first notice day, all that sort of thing. Are we about work through that? Are we going to see more pressure?
1: Oh, it's just feeling like a long drug out, you know, kind of market and following the wheat market. Yeah, corn market. will Look for anything it can to try to bounce. And that's what it needs to do. Because it's been, you know, every day, it's just proving that it can grind lower and make every morning you wake up, there's new contract lows printed. And maybe it can turn around. It almost gives you that false hope that maybe the low is in finally now, when we can turn around. But, but I think every day that passes, and you've got record shorts from the funds in these uh, these grain uh, grain commodities, and and they just have no reason to try to get out yet. They don't buy lows and they don't sell high. So they're going to need confirmation that the market is completely turned around before they, you know, really start. You know liquidating hard on some of those positions so and in the grain market just has given you nothing to say that we've got a low in and you know as it just grinds and makes new lows every day i think you have one more farmer or one more trader every day that finally said that's enough uh you know liquidating so i think you're right with that um that some of these long positions some of these grains are being sold that it, it's every day one more person um kind of gives into that, that this is a downtrending market and, and farmers know how to fill a, fill a pipeline. When, when the market calls for it, we get tighter ending stocks. We, we do a great job. You know, it's a, it's a market we can just max produce every year. And, and eventually we get, uh, get caught up and have the supply. So, um, it's looking like we're going to have to be better marketers moving forward because it's just feeling like this overall lower trend is not ready to be done yet.
0: Soybeans don't seem to be following necessarily either corn or wheat this morning, um, but we're at least off of our lows, down about a penny right now. I guess, are we getting pressure yet from Argentina weather looking a little bit? but I mean, where's the pressure coming from, do you think? In that mark. Yeah, I
1: yeah, I think it is South America. I think that's that's a that's probably the most pressure that we're getting for, for the soybeans is just we're you're looking at this large increase in acres and you know that they increase acres every single year. And they can have a little bit of a setback in, in weather, you know, some issues there and still have this big crop and we're sitting here on a strong dollar so I still think that's very spooky to me uh the amount of grain that they can raise down there and that they're going to keep growing and yeah some of the weather patterns were maybe uh relaxed a little bit uh, as far as uh you know getting some moisture around so um I do think it's South America we're looking at is we're the second fiddle you know when it comes to soybeans and um, if they're going to keep increasing acres every year it's only going to be that much harder to try to get our our soybeans to
0: rally. Yeah plus we got to get down to a level where we start really stimulating demand and maybe we're not at that level yet. I don't know. All right thanks for joining us Scott Varlick with Quima Quima Varlick that is Markets Now.